I imagine at one time you were this brilliant little child. As we enter into adulthood, what was brilliant in childhood can actually get in the way of you living the life you want to live. Hello friends, I'm Nancy Houston. I want to help you live a better life. all emotional creatures who sometimes think. And so it's so important that we make this journey from our heads into the depths of our hearts. Welcome to The In-Between with Nancy Houston. Hi, I'm Nancy Houston, and we are so grateful that you are here with us. And today I have one of my most favorite people in the whole wide world, Tim Ross, and I know he's one of your favorite people. So welcome, my dear friend. I love you. I love you. I'm so grateful to be here with it's you. It's so good to be here with you. Thank you. We were just talking about your Nikes. How yes. Stamped on them, my home state uh -huh. of Oregon. Oregon's on there. Man, oh man. Yep. I love that. I think, um, oh, what's the founder's name? Come on. I, Phil Knight. Yeah, Phil Knight. Uh -huh. I honestly, I think he lived in my hometown. Really? When I was growing up, Phil Knight. Wow. Now, I read his bio and it didn't say anything about it, yeah. but I remember my dad saying, yeah, Phil Knight lives right there. Wow. And I'm like, so I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what my dad would say. Listen, he's mm. probably right. Maybe Phil was embarrassed of your hometown. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, there was a paper mill in it, and so when you drove into town... Oh, it smelled. The town had this wretched smell. Yeah. And so, I mean, we'd call it the armpit of Oregon. Yeah. It wasn't real... You know, yeah. yeah, there was that. Yeah. You know, you can't really help where you're born. At all. Right. Did you even smell it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm like, like, you didn't get used to it to the point no, that, oh, wow. No, so it was pungent. I have a super sensitive nose. My husband so does says Juliet. I could be a hound dog and I could sniff out. Juliet could too. You know, if there's mold in your house, just call me. I'll come over and let you know where it's at. Juliet could have put crime dogs out of business. There we go. Well, it's a woman thing. Yeah. I mean, women have way more, you know. That's very true. Yes. yes. You men are kind of lucky. Yeah, we are. You don't. I do feel blessed <laughs> that I can't smell like my wife. Honestly, I really do. I know, right? Yeah, like, I do. We really, we don't want all the smells. I don't want it. Right? Yeah. Like, you have two boys. I have four boys. Oh, I mean, my boys smell. You know, you don't want but the way, But the way they smell to her is yeah. horrific. Oh, my gosh. Mine used to it's come over. It's unpleasant to me. Like in high school after playing sports, I'd come home. And I'd be in the kitchen just minding my own business, probably cooking, right? And they'd come over and like stick their armpit in my face and say, oh. does it smell? And, oh. I'm like, <gasps> and then I just mm. smell automatically. And I'm yeah. like, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. This is not right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking about kid, where kids grow up at, mm -hmm. like you and I have talked a little bit about this. Yes. About... Um, environmental trauma. Uh-huh. You're the one that put me onto it. I didn't even know it was a thing until you said it. I don't think people know it's a thing. No. no. And so I started digging into it just a little bit and mm -hmm. see with the research. I mean, I want to do more, but I've, I just kind of started going, hey, how does it affect kiddos who are raised in environments where they experience or just witness violence yep. on on a regular relatively regular mm -hmm. daily basis or Absolutely. at least occasionally yeah. what does that do to this child so recently i read that um kids who grew up in environments like that 
have, I can't remember the number, numbers don't stick great in my head, yep. but it was either 19 to 30% more PTSD than our war vets have. Wow. Yeah, it's staggering. Wow. I mean, it's staggering. Yeah. And so how many little children are walking around with PTSD and then yep. they become adults? Yep. And they've got post-traumatic stress disorder. They have no idea. Yeah. And maybe they have no idea, like, why do I have these dreams yeah. or nightmares? Or yeah. why am I triggered yeah. when a balloon pops? Yeah. Why am I um, hyper alert? Yep. Why am I living on hyper alert mm -hmm. all the time? Mm -hmm. And so they are just wearing out their adrenal system. Yep. And because you can't live life in fight, flight, or freeze, you cannot live right. that way. Absolutely, it, yeah. we were meant to live that way. If a fire-breathing dragon was chasing us, yeah, and we do it for a few minutes, and then we go back, yeah, to a rested state inside of us. But imagine these kids—they never get to rest. Yeah. So it's a little bit, maybe, what you experienced growing up. It's not a little bit. Yeah. You're the one that like I didn't even know this was a thing, Nancy, yeah. until you told me. And you were like, you, you've dealt, you've dealt so much with your sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. We need to dig into your environmental trauma. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, cause sometimes if you have multi-layered trauma, mm -hmm. you just go for the one that's bothering you the most, totally. right? Yeah. But um, I think the reason why um, environmental trauma went undiagnosed until I was in my forties mm -hmm. um, is because if you grow up in the hood like I did, yeah. or Beirut, yeah. or you know, anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, it's your normal. It's you don't true. know it's not supposed to be like this. Yeah. You think this is normal. Yeah. So um, I was born in 75. My, my oldest brother is 10 years older than me. He founded a gang in LA. So, um, you know, by the mid 80s, you know, crack had hit. Yeah. Our neighborhood, like it was a blizzard, right? It might as well have just been snow, just falling on the ground, because everybody had crack or knew somebody on it or had somebody that was affected by it, <coughs> or you were selling it. Um, and so um, I saw people robbed, shot, killed, hit by cars, drug, um, wash, rinse, repeat. You know, I was held at knife point. I've been held at gunpoint. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, it Tim. was just, it was just, That's until you said it was, it was trauma. I was like, ah, it's just what I went through. I had it's to survive the hood. Yeah, it's, it's my normal, normal, right? So yeah. over my godmother's house in Watts, we'd have to watch TV, you know, big box floor set, mm -hmm. but we'd have to watch the TV on the floor because there'd be so many drive-bys. Oh my God. Right, and these knuckleheads don't aim, they just shoot. Yeah. So we always knew you hear pop, 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 you don't run to the window, <laughs> you just hit the floor, right? Mm -hmm. And it's literally growing up in it, you casually hit the floor. Oh, yeah, there's no like, oh my god, and do a roll, right? Yeah, no, yeah. it's just like, oh, you know, Again. you just slide down your seat and just lay on the floor. <gasps> so we played Nintendo on the floor, we played, we watched TV from the floor. And um, it was normal to hear the, the, what we call the ghetto bird, mm -hmm. the helicopter, LAPD helicopters chasing people through, you know, oh looking. And 
Because, you know, there'd be a car chase and then somebody jump out of the car and then they're jumping in the back of everybody's homes. And so yeah. the uh, bird, as we called it, would just be shining the light, trying to help, you know, air support yeah. for the ground support, trying to not get ambushed as they tried to chase this guy. Yeah. Another thing um, that I thought about, because I began to unpack like all the episodes, mm -hmm. um, Richard Ramirez, mm -hmm. who was uh, the Night Stalker back in the 80s, yeah. that, was in, that was in my city, that was in my neighborhood. Uh -huh. So he was going through windows, killing people oh my and gosh. raping them. Uh -huh. So I remember the summers, our, our windows had to be closed and we couldn't have them open and get a cool breeze because you know, the night yeah. stalker might come through your window. That's terrifying. Yeah. So, um, uh, and when that fool got caught, we were like very, very, I bet happy. you were. Yeah, you finally open your windows right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then they were like copycat. Of course. So you know, so you think yeah. about all this, and you're like, oh man, I went through all of that. And to your point, um, as you started to list like the ways mm -hmm. that kind of childhood trauma and growing up like that can impact your your adulthood, I'm hyper mm -hmm. uh, aware. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, I never sit with my back to a door, mm. unless the person I'm with has a gun. Mm. I, literally, if they don't have a gun, I make them get up and I sit there. Yeah. Like, I, I remember going to uh, meet a couple uh, out in the colony or something, Grandscape, something, mm -hmm. something up there, right? Yeah. And we go to this nice restaurant. They got there before us, they're sitting down, and I walked up to the dude, I'd never met him before. I'm like, hey, it's good to meet you, good to meet your wife, and, and, uh, uh, <laughs> I said, would you be opposed to me sitting there? And he was kind of like, at first, like, the face said why, but he was like, no. Yeah. And I was like, unless you have a gun, I just want clear sight of the door. Because wow. if something pops off, I need to be able to get off two shots. Wow. And he was like, I'm going to let you sit here. Right? Yeah, you go ahead. I'm not packing today. Now, we're in, we're in Grandscape. Like, yeah. the chances of something happening are small. Right. But that don't mean it's zero. No, it doesn't. You know? No. And so um, where it gets humorous is that, you know, I carry my piece with me all the time. Mm -hmm. I, but I'm, I live in a, I'm an upper middle class dude. Like, right. I survived the hood. I'm right. bougie. Yeah. I, I shop at Sprouts. Yeah, yeah. And I, and <gasps> me I have, too. I shop at Sprouts too. And I have yeah. my gun on me. Yeah. Now, I don't know <gasps> what I think is going to pop off yeah. in Sprouts. I know. I know some grocery stores have gotten shot up, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's this niche, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But just in case, yeah, yeah. if they're going to be a cleanup on aisle seven, I don't want it to be mine. It shows how in childhood children adapt. That's right. Children are so adaptable yeah. and it can be brilliant. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of brilliance for children to like kind of scan their environments yep. and like how do I stay safe in this environment? Yep. And what's it going to take? Right. How am I going to have to adapt myself right. Right. to survive this? Yep. What parts of me are going to need to... Like today I had a group, a process group before y'all came. Mm -hmm. And one of the women had experienced being sexually abused by her friend's father when she spent the night at their house. And I was asking them, like, what are some of the desires in your heart that you have cut off from? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I remember I was like the MC of our eighth grade talent show. 
and I loved it. Mm. And then shortly after that, I was sexually abused by this man in his home. Mm. And I connected those two things and thought, I should never put myself out there. That's right. I'll get attention. If I put myself out there, I get attention I don't want. Correct. And this is the kind of attention you get. Yeah. So I will shut down this part of me. Yeah. And I'm like, and so now she's a pastor. Mm. And so she's oversight for the weekend. Mm. Mm. She dreads it. Mm. And she's in such internal conflict because she loves it. Mm. It's mm. a part of her she really yeah. enjoys. Yeah. But she hates it. Yeah. And feels like, I should not be doing this. This is wrong. Yep. Because, you know, they say it's not so much, Tim, the trauma that happens to us, not to minimize whatever the trauma that is. It's the meaning we make out of it. Absolutely. So she married those two. So today we worked on, we need to separate these two. Yes, good. Like, you can, ha you can bring this part of you back. Yeah. And alive. Yeah. And so how did you personally adapt? I mean, you shared like, oh, you don't, you don't like stand up and play games or sit. You, you like get on the floor. So mm -hmm. that's one way you adapted. Mm -hmm. What are some other ways? Yeah, um, it, it was, man, growing up, it was all about um, awareness. Yeah. Like I, I can remember being at parties and because I'm an empath, I didn't know I was an empath back then, right? Yeah. And such a feeler. Yeah. But I could literally feel the atmosphere shift. Mm -hmm. I knew when a fight was going to break out. I wasn't even near it. And I was like, we need to go, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. we need to leave early. Yeah. And true enough, um, uh, I've left parties 20 minutes early and seen people and then heard. And yeah, half hour later, somebody gets shot. I was actually, um, I actually didn't wear Air Max for a long time because um, uh, an acquaintance of mine, Damien, uh, there was a house party. You know, mm -hmm. you're taking $5 a head at the door. And uh, we came into the house party, gave him our $5. It was me and two other friends. We walk in, and the majority of the people were in the backyard, but there were some in the living room and the kitchen mm -hmm. leading into the backyard. Um, within seven minutes of me handing Damien $5 and walking to the backyard, So everybody hits this one wooden fence. They, I don't know, instinctively, we just all ran this way, right? Mm -hmm. And they hit that fence and lean on it till it breaks mm -hmm. and they all spill out. Mm -hmm. Because I'm thin, I was able to kind of wiggle my, my way through. Mm -hmm. um, my friend Eddie, huge dude, like he came out of the womb with pecs. Mm -hmm. and, a six pack, mm -hmm. right? He's just always been, mm -hmm. I don't know if his mom did steroids or what, <laughs> this dude came He's out. Muscular. Well, he was getting trampled. Oh no. So many people ran over him, Nancy. Oh, no. His pants were at his knees. Oh, Tim. From the traction of people literally running over him. Oh my God. So I had to turn around and grab him and yank him out of that, right? While elbowing people that were trying to run away. Wow. We, so that's like, you know, we come in your front door, we go out the back, let's say we hit this wooden fence. Yeah. 
Well, our cars are back this way. Oh my gosh. So we run from the back all the way back around this way. Damian is dead on the porch in a pool of blood. Oh, damn. And he has on Air Max. Oh. So I didn't wear Air Max for 35 years, yeah. 37 years. One of my favorite shoes, I, I wouldn't wear him in his honor. Now I wear him for his honor. Mm -hmm. But um, did you, what helped you make that transition? Did you like grieve? Did you? Yeah, you've, mm -hmm. <laughs> we do grief work, right bud? Right? Like That's you, the drum you beat the most. I know. Tim, you have more grief work to do. Tim, you have more grief work to do. Tim, you have more grief work to do. Oh, Tim, you have more grief work to do. Have you grieved that, Tim? Tim, there's more grief work for you to do. So I'm I like. You can be so annoying, huh, Tim? No, you can't. You're just, you reinforce. I won't yeah. call it annoying. You're um, a reinforcer of yeah, what needs the to, right tools to right? do. Maybe. And I did. I, I finally pushed through that. You did. Um, because it's hard to grieve when you've had that much loss. Absolutely. It's it's way easier to just start shutting down your heart. Yeah. And like, oh, another loss. Oh yeah. well, that's normal. That's yeah, what happens absolutely. when you yeah. live, you know, when you come from where I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so you've been in this process of getting a hold of your heart again. Yep. And I have it and I hold it and but that image is seared in my head. His body on the ground. And that blood, that's seared in my head, you forever. know. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Forever. And then... And your friend being trampled. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's an, He could have died. I yeah, mean, people he died. could have. No, it, it's absolutely right. You know? Yeah, they died at um, Travis Scott's concert. Totally. Right? Like, yeah. so, I mean, this is... It's so, real. So, I have an amalgamation of all of these little episodes and... You know, I did stand-up comedy, so humor is a lot of how I cope with, mm -hmm. you, you know, the tragedies that I've gone through. And sometimes I, I really do humor myself. When I see the stuff I do, yeah. I'm like, oh my, it is PTSD. Mm -hmm. It's coming from there, right? Mm -hmm. If we, we see lights pull up in our driveway, um, and I don't have a short driveway, if we see lights pull up in our driveway 9, 10 p.m., and nobody ordered Uber Eats. Right. The AR is out. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I'm not assuming, oh, maybe they turned into the wrong driver and they're going to back up. Or that maybe it's one of our friends that came late. Yeah. No. We rule threats out. We don't assume they're, they're not threats. Yeah. That's the environment I came up in. Right. Everyone's a threat until you're not. Mm -hmm. There is no... Mm -hmm. I assume the best, in, you have the best intentions. That's how people got popped. Yeah. Is letting somebody that wasn't in the crew walk up and assume mm -hmm. they have good intentions. Somebody winds up stabbed that way. Yeah. Somebody winds up shot that way. So you see somebody walking up, you assume threat. You check it out. Have to. That's just. And so you adapted to your environment mm -hmm. and you were smart and intelligent. You learned ways to protect yourself. Mm hmm and so what they say about our brilliant adaptations for childhood end up someday becoming maladaptive. Clearly, I'm in Sprouts strapped. You're, are you, yeah. The <laughs> getting oat milk. The hyper alert. Yeah. 
it, pretty well, bougie. It's taken me a long time to get over that too. Yeah. Now I didn't grow up in an environment like you did. Yeah. But I grew up in a home where, it, it, Tim, talk about normal, right? Like yep. we just think what we grew up in is so normal. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe like about five years ago, I started thinking about the word domestic, the phrase domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hmm, I grew up with domestic violence. Absolutely I never. Absolutely how old am I? And I never connected those dots. <laughs> right. Because I always pictured domestic violence is a man beating on a woman or maybe a man, a woman beating up on her man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but, and none of that happened in yep. my house that I ever saw. Yeah. It was my dad to his kids. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's still domestic violence. Trust. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> and so for me, it comes out differently. Yeah. Like my hyper alert, like my husband knows, like... Honey, if I'm in the bathroom and you're coming into the bathroom, let me know before Announce you yourself. get there because I'll go. <gasps> That's exactly right. You know what I mean? That's exactly and I'm right. like, dang, system, calm yeah, yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine isn't when I'm out there like you. Right. Because that's where your violence, it yeah. was out there. Yeah. Mine was in the home. Yeah. So I, all my, you know, yeah. my, my, <gasps> Yeah. Is is all in my own home. Yeah, and it's my own husband. Yeah, exactly right. And I, you know, we've been married almost <laughs> Who's 50 never years. Never laid a hand. And on never you. laid a hand on me exactly. except for a sweet one. Exactly right. right. Yeah. Except for a good hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But my automatic, that automatic nervous system. Yeah. I am telling you. Yeah. We are little wet cement and sponges when we're little. Yeah. And our our cellular nervous. DNA systems mm -hmm. are being wired. Mm -hmm. And man, once those things are wired, mm -hmm. it it takes it takes a while. Mm -hmm. I mean a long while. I've been working on I've been working on this for like 30 years. I think this year my system's got way calmer because mm -hmm. I've actually done some very specific methodology to try to calm my system more. Yeah. And it's been working. Yeah. And it's so nice, like our last vacation. We stay in a home where there's a woods right behind us. And for the first time in my whole life, I went for a walk in the woods by myself without feeling afraid. Wow. I can wow. Now, now go walk my neighborhood, which, dude, I'm like you. I live in a very safe neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would go walk by myself in my neighborhood, but I was always on hyper alert. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, Nancy, calm yeah. down. Yeah. And now I can finally. Yeah. I've like noticed like I can go walk my neighborhood and yeah. not have one thought. Yeah. Of not scanning, am I safe? Am I safe? Right. Am I safe? Right. You know? Right. I, I went to the um it's funny you mentioned that because uh I went for I was in Australia for a month. I was there for five weeks. And um this conversation brings up something very insightful about mm -hmm. Australia. I'll bring that up in a minute. Um but I walked like maybe three to five miles a day mm. while I was there. So when I got back, my body was like, let's walk. Yeah. So there's a little trail in Denton um, at this park that I think one full journey around is like 2.2 miles or 2.3 mm -hmm. miles. So I was like, I'm gonna do a couple of laps around here. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Right, so there's other people out walking. 105. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'll sweat or not, yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But I'm gonna get out here. So I'm walking, and you got people that are walking the opposite way. Now, I'm walking on a trail at this nice park 
in Denton, strapped, mm -hmm. guns on me, right? Because yeah. I just don't know it any other way. Um, there's a one in 300,000 chance that you're gonna ever encounter somebody in some type of firearm mm -hmm. situation, the average American. Yeah. And I'm still thinking I could be the one, right? One yeah. in 300,000 is not slim enough margin for me to no. well, keep it in the car. The percentages where you grew up were much, much, much higher. Way up here. Way higher. Okay. Yeah. So I'm walking and people are passing me, greeting them like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And for the next probably 30 paces, because of where the sun's at at the time, I'm scanning for any shadows creeping back up on me. Mm -hmm. Like this is how mm -hmm. hyper aware mm -hmm. I am. Yeah. That I'm thinking the person that just passed me was like, been waiting to murder a person. Mm -hmm. He's the candidate, mm -hmm. right? 3.30 in the afternoon, 105 degrees in broad daylight. Yeah. My brain doesn't, that should be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But when you have PTSD, it's like, that's not ridiculous. I just yeah. ruled out another threat, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, here's what made me think about Australia. Yeah. Obviously, Australia's uh, government and uh, whole system is different. Their gun laws are very, very stringent. Mm. Um, uh, they haven't had a mass shooting since I think the eighties, Wow! right? I think we had one seven minutes ago. So, um, or there's one, wait, we just had one, right? That's America, right? So, um, it's when I'm in Australia, it just dawned on me. Mm -hmm. That's the only place I feel safe. No wonder you love it there. Like it, like it, this conversation, yeah. I'm literally like, it's the only place that I don't do that. Wow, Tim. I did it when I first got there because I'm a visitor and da 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 da. Yeah. But now because I'm there so often, I've been 30 times in, thir I'm 30 times in 13 years, <laughs> it's the only place where I will sit with my back to the door. Mm. Like, I don't feel that there. Wow. So, um, your system can at last, my system can be at rest. That's right. From the inside out literally is like, and so no wonder you love to go there for vacation. Cause finally your system yeah. is not on hyper alert. Yeah. Like the guards aren't at attention. Yeah, absolutely. Or right. otherwise they are. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Tell yeah. Me. What does that, like I said, you know, these children, you know, as children, we can be so adaptable. Mm -hmm. So you figured out, you learned how to scan, figured out, mm -hmm. what do I need to survive in this system? Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, what does that little boy inside of you, that precious little boy, what does he need to feel safe in your skin? Mm -hmm. A permanent it, residency to Australia. <laughs> like America has a gun culture. Yeah, I, I won't. Little yeah. little Timmy's not gonna feel safe in yeah. America. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. sorry. This is a gun culture, yeah. and whether you're pro gun or anti gun, yeah. people got guns. They do. Long and guns. Um, multiply millions. Uh, the the out there is a gross um, number of people without registered weapons yeah. than there are with, with those that do. 
like with you, I know you've like had training and mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you're not just. No, I have more training than the average law yeah, enforcement Yeah, you're not a officer. wild card with some gun. I am gun, not, yeah. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for you it's not the Old West. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, and no, so, it's, But unfortunately, yeah. You're the average person. So the only thing you can do is even the odds. So, so here's what I want for you. I, you know, a lot of times we make our safety about something out here. Mm-hmm. What if safety for that little boy is in here somewhere? Mm. I mean, I'm safe in my house. <laughs> is that close enough? That's good. Uh -huh. I'm, glad, I'm glad you are. I, I would love for myself, all of us, to feel safe in our own skin. Oh, yeah. You know, we're like... Okay, yeah. I was about I'm to say, uh, I am safe in my house, but yeah. my gun is... I have a gun on the bed. Yeah. I have a shoddy for Juliet. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's tears to the uh-huh. Ramp up. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that wasn't that wouldn't work. And and safe in my own skin, yeah, yeah. that's a different thing. And I'm context. not even saying all of a sudden you get rid of all the No, I'm no, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying like where you feel safe in your own skin, what does that little boy need to get there? I legit think he needs a permanent residency in Australia. Yeah, that seems like the solution. It does. Yeah, and I totally get I totally get that. Yeah. So, my desire for you is that this little guy could feel safe every day. Yeah. Now he may have some moments where it'd be smart to be on hyper alert. Yeah. You know, like let's say somehow he is. You know, at yeah. a mall and there's a shooting. I want you to go to hyper alert. Yeah, for sure. I really do. I just don't want you living your life in that Absolutely. state. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you're right. Because no, yeah. they're saying what, what's happening to us who live this way is we're exhausting our adrenal system. Mm. And then we experience so much more like exhaustion yep. and burnout. And, you yeah. know what I mean? And life just seems extra burdened. Yep. So if we were to unburden this little boy, like if you were to kind of think a little Timmy as like your little your little guy, your little Noah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, what would you want him to know? I like that you um, said like my my son. So yeah. Noah, um, he doesn't like dark places, mm -hmm. right? Just whatever. Yeah. He's a very sensitive child, and so he doesn't like dark places. So a couple of days ago, um, his brother wasn't upstairs, mm -hmm. and they had just got home. Mm -hmm. I had been home for a few hours. They had just got back. They're at my sister-in-law's graduation, actually. And um, he came in the room, and he said, Mom, Dad, I'm scared to go upstairs. Yeah. And I said, I can assure you, son, I've been home for hours. Mm -hmm. I would never tell you to go upstairs if there was any danger. Oh. And so, <laughs> uh, I would love to say that my way of communicating resonated with him so much that he marched right up those stairs he in the did. darkness. And, no, he was like, I'm still scared. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, this is so beautifully human. Yeah. So yeah. I said, cool, just flick on every light 
along the way. And then once your brain has kind of calmed down, calm down yeah. come back downstairs and turn all the lights off. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he did. He did. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. Aww. So I think for me, uh-huh. if I were to use the same advice I would get, that I gave my son, yeah. it would be to flick all the lights on. Mm. Like what... What don't I believe about my environment that keeps me this aware? Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, I feel very safe in my house. Yeah. Um, but what about sprouts? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel like keeping my gun in the car yeah. is not a smart decision. Yeah. I could see if I was going to South Dallas and I was about to right. roll up in the hood, you sure. know. Um, yeah. And even, but what about Sprouts yeah. in Denton? Yeah. <laughs> Has me on high alert. Right. Right? Like, right. So right. it's a... So it's something inside of you. So you were trained. So it feels so brilliant. Yep. And it, and it was. And it, in ways it has been. And now it's taking away some of your freedom. Mm-hmm. To move around freely. Yeah. So if, if we were to just be, like sometimes we kind of have to move our protector aside. Yeah. Because our protector can be locked and loaded. Yeah. You know what, you, 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 you said a word that, that, that really has exasperated my own PTSD. And mm-hmm. I didn't, this is, I, I, I wouldn't have known this, yeah. right? Um, this is my first time even having the thought. But once I started training with my friend who is a, ex-Marine Force Recon sniper, mm-hmm. trains military um, uh, law enforcement and some civilians. You have to go through a background check and he has to pick you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We do four-hour trainings and they are extensive. Oh, I bet. I mean, they are. I, I was already a hyper-aware person. Mm-hmm. After I started training with him, Nancy, when I would be preaching, Say I'm preaching at Embassy City, say I was at Gateway. Mm-hmm. I could tell you how many people left and didn't come back and how many people did while I'm preaching. Wow. In 35 minutes, I could tell you. Your brain is scanning. Oh, I, I'm, I'm watching everybody. Wow. I'm watching everybody. I remember one time being at Embassy City preaching. I've been already started training with Dan. This dude walks in, big um, sweater, hoodie on, mm-hmm. walks straight to the front and has a seat. And I'm like, it's summertime. Why does he have that on? And does my does my PPO, my mm-hmm. personal protection officer, is he seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. Right? Because the only time I didn't have my gun on me is when I was up in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he wasn't a threat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But my training with my friend, this is all you do. Mm-hmm. is you rule out threats. You don't assume no, someone's not a threat. You've yeah. got to rule everyone out as a threat. And then you can go, it is safe here. <laughs> so that is very hyper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm trying to think about environments where that doesn't have to exist for me. Yeah. It doesn't exist in my house. It doesn't exist when I'm with Corey. 
-hmm. It doesn't exist when I'm at Preston. It doesn't exist when I'm at Johnny and Marcin. I'm thinking about it doesn't exist when I'm at my sister-in-law's house. Yeah. I think there's there's certain spaces. Where you feel I definitely don't. It doesn't exist when I'm training with Dan, yeah. right? Because we all got guns, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody would ever come on that compound. Um, I think it's, I, I think that's where I feel the safest in my skin. Mm -hmm. I think everywhere else I can keep it to a minimum mm -hmm. if I can, if I can be more aware of like, instead of it just being this automatic thing. Yeah. I might try a couple of, I don't know, that even sounds scary to say, like, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to go in Sprouts without my gun and just mm -hmm. do my shopping and come back out. Yeah. And yeah. then there's this little what if in the no. back of my mind, like, no. dog? Yeah, for sure. So This that, is America. That's not <laughs> even what I want to invite you to. Okay, good. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, hey, my friend, pack away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, that's, that's totally cool. Yep. And whatever you need to do, do it. Yeah. Um, I'm more like, if we could move that protector aside just for a minute, because we all have these protectors. Yep. And then we've got parts inside of us that, because they had to adapt so much, they haven't really been able to be brought along. Mm. Like, you were bringing Noah along. Right. You want your son to be able to go upstairs. Yep. Without Daddy holding his hand every single right. time. Right, that's correct. Checking for monsters that's every single time. <laughs> that's correct. You, you want to help him? Yeah. You know, someday, like son. Yeah. Let me give you a strategy. Yep. Right. And you brought him along. Yep. So when we think about, I think we all have these parts that I like to call them the basement children. Mm. Like we've just left them behind. Mm. You know. Mm. Because maybe they're scared. Mm -hmm. Maybe bad things happen to them. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're an inconvenience. Yeah. So we just kind of like to leave them behind mm. and ignore them. Mm. And once in a while, we might throw them, you know, you know, a cracker, slice of bread. Yeah. <laughs> something. Not much. Yeah. Mostly, what we throw them is criticism mm. and judgment. Mm. If you weren't so afraid. If you weren't so weak, mm. if you weren't such a disappointment, if you weren't such a coward, wow. yeah. I, I might have a relationship with you because you are those things. I don't like you. Yeah. And you're staying in the basement. Yeah. The thing is, is that those basement children usually represent the brilliance of how we adapted to our childhood mm. and our environments. Right. Yeah. And they're waiting for the adult Nancy, the adult Tim, to compassionately and empathically go back and say, hey, you. Yeah, safe now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guess what? I'm going to try to stop being so mean to you. Mm -hmm. and, and I'd actually like to befriend you. Yeah. Like, what was that like for you to be a little kid where you're going to your godmother's, was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know by the time you're eight mm -hmm. that you stay low. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Y you've already been. Oh, yeah. You've already figured that out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you've been trained and you figured it yeah, out. That's and you're right. smart. Yep. So you're not going to walk around, run to the window when you hear noise like that's the right. rest of us do. Right. You know? Right. Right? Yeah. 
So what does that little boy need? For his system to be calm and happy and to be brought along by this adult Tim. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the, visual, the visualization of that is really beautiful. You know, it's, it's inviting little Timmy to sit on the couch yeah. and not lay on the floor. Yeah. It's those kind of things, you know what I mean? Um, we're going to drive from this part of town to that part of town, and I don't need to change clothes. Mm. That's another thing we had to do. Because mm. some areas you went into, that's where Crips were, and other areas you went into, that's where Bloods were. So you have to be aware of what colors you have on. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot for a little kid to be thinking through. Yeah. And parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right? These parents yeah. are trying to keep their kids safe uh -huh. and alive. Yeah. We literally always had an extra pair of clothes, just depending on where we would that, roll up. That is so extra, extra. It is. I mean, you know, it's enough. To, it's, it's, it takes a lot of energy to parent kids anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're thinking about extra clothes. And then it's like, oh, wait, 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 kid. Yeah. You, you got, we got to make sure we got the right colors that right. are safe. That's a lot. Yeah. Where I'm from, I could never have red frames. Those red, I yeah. love them, by the way. It took a long time for me to even wear red. Wow. Okay. A long time. I was like, mm, I ain't putting on no red ever. Mm. But wow. red looks good on me, so. And, and there's a sadness there. Yeah, because you realize how much you lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a color. Yeah, a color, yeah. Like the color. basic things Yeah. that were meant to like, you don't have to think yeah, absolutely. 20 times about this. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm yeah, I think, I think just being able to invite little Timmy to places that were historically unsafe and saying it is safe now. Mm would be a really good start for me. Mm. Yeah. How would that feel for him to have you kind of like be this safe daddy almost for him now and saying, hey, buddy, I got you? I would imagine it'd feel as good as, he'll feel as good as Noah does. Yeah. Because Noah doesn't fear anything mm. in my presence <laughs> at all. Yeah. So that would be, I think that's the feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Safety. Safety. Yeah. Did you know when we don't feel safe, our brains scan four times a minute for safety? And this is all happening inside of us. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm advocating like, we want your insides mm -hmm. to belong fully to you, mm -hmm. not to some gang violence, right. not to the fear your own older brother brought into your home. Yep. Because that had to have been disruptive to have a brother who's in a gang. Oh, absolutely. Live in your home. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that kind of makes your yeah your childhood home a target. Oh, my. What? He, well, he turned on his gang and uh, with other family members, right? So it's not like he went to a rival gang. Yeah. Uh, we had gang members um, who were family members. Somehow the beef got between those two gangs and my brother sided with the family and then shot up his own set. Mm. Went into hiding and they said, if we don't find him, then we're gonna kill you, me and my younger brother. Oh my gosh. Um, my parents were not aware of any of this, but. Yeah. Um, so there is an aspect to, 
growing up in that type of environment where when the scenario kind of, right, gang culture is its, its own thing. If you're not in a gang, you actually still kind of are because you're in the gang that's not a gang, Yeah. right? Yeah. You have to have as much street awareness as the people in the gangs. So yeah. it's like, all right, I didn't choose gang life, but I better know the streets as well as them, if not more, or else I'll still become a victim. So once this scenario and this imbroglio boiled down, um, I had to get a gun mm -hmm. because they had already threatened our lives twice. And I made in my mind, there won't be a third time. Mm -hmm. The next person that rose up on me, I'm popping them. Mm -hmm. And that thought yeah. was so... resolved it was not a thought of anger that yeah. wasn't the emotion the yeah. emotion was i have to survive yeah i need a gun yeah the next person i'd ask i'm popping them yeah because i no longer will be playing this mm -hmm. game where you get to decide mm -hmm. when the time limit's up yeah on my life yeah it gives you some sense of control yeah i have a sense of control and so I think there's a lot of people, especially in the inner city, we talk about crime in the inner city, they have no context to why this person may have this gun. Mm. I'm not in a gang, I'm not trying to do that, mm -hmm. but I still need a gun because mm -hmm. I could be accosted at any moment yeah. Um, yeah. for being on the same block as the people that are in the gangs, yeah. for going to the same school. Yeah for wearing a color and your misinterpretation of what that might mean as far as affiliation. And that's just with other people in the neighborhood wow. or rival neighborhoods. You throw law enforcement in there who those cops have to have a completely different psyche dealing with gangs than somebody that's in Beverly Hills. Tim, you grew up in a very complex family. I did. You have an older brother who's gang member. Uh-huh. You've got a founding an, gang member. Founding gang member. Uh-huh. Huge difference. And then you have a mother mm -hmm. who's an LAPD cop. Yeah, she worked for the LAPD for 30 years. Uh, all under one roof. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, how do you how how did you put that together and try to make sense of your world? Um well it was e well, it was really easy to again I say it's easy. Right. It's your normal. It's my normal, it's normal. and I learned to adapt yeah, to adapted. the fact that um, the Rampart Division of the LAPD was essentially the third gang in Los Angeles. Third or fourth, if you want to. Is that who your mom worked for? Uh, my mom worked for, for she was non-sworn, so she wasn't okay. gun-carrying. Okay. But everybody else was, right? Yeah. All of our other... Uh, our our blue family was, mm -hmm. which what they would call true blue, because okay. gangs were uh, Crips were blue, Bloods were red, cops were true blue, wow. right? So those cops at the Rampart Division they actually took on a gang mentality because that's who they had to deal with. They were not the Beverly Hills cops, wow. right? Those cops were cakewalking, right? Yeah. They, they're they're checking on John Wayne's estate, you know yeah. what I mean? They're yeah. at Carson's house, right? Right. So. But um, Rampart Division, it was its own gang. And that's, their, that's how they stepped into 
street culture. Yeah. They got out of the car as cops, like, yeah, with the same attitude as somebody that was a gang member. Wow. So that made them um, authoritatively scary, right? They were scary with a badge. Because yeah. if they, if you got on their bad side and they pulled their gun out, they're going to always be able to justify it. Yeah. Totally. Right? Yeah. So, um, so there's all these threats. So there's all these threats. Circling. Yeah, absolutely. Your environment. So now you don't have a cop that's like giving anybody in the inner city the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. They jump out the ride like, yeah, what, what set you from? Yeah, I know you banging. Tell me what set you from. I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't bang. All right, let me see your license. You're like, oh, here we go, right? So give them the license, and yeah, and they're still peppering you with questions. I know you're affiliated. I don't, uh, I don't see any tattoos, but I know you're probably affiliated with somebody. You might as well just tell us now, because you got anything in that trunk? And I'm like, bro, you don't have a warrant to search my trunk. And they're like, oh, one of them smart butts, huh? Okay, blah, 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 right? Dude comes back with the license. Hey, dude, your license is blocked. I can't pull up any information on it. Why is your license blocked? I said, my mom works for the LAPD. What part? She works in Parker Center headquarters. Bro, how come you didn't tell me this when, you first, when we first pulled you over? Mm. So I had immunity with law enforcement mm. through my mother. Mm -hmm. But it... The start of all the episodes were still the same. Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, they were. Right? Right. So, so um, they just ended differently because I had an in. What's this doing to your adrenaline system when all that's happening? Obviously, when it first used to happen, I'm sure it used to spike. Yeah. But I got so used to it, I was just you like... You did. Mm -hmm. that's, that's normal life for... Yeah. Black man yeah. in inner city. Absolutely. I don't fear any police officers. Mm. Um, uh, I fear racist police officers. Oh. Those are the scariest people in the whole. I don't even fear racists. Racists don't bother me at all. That mm. I'm humored by racists mm -hmm. of any kind, from any ethnicity, any background. They humor me. Yeah. Like the guts it takes to feel superior mm. to any other ethnicity for any reason is a laughable position mm -hmm. that I love cracking on, mm -hmm. right? Um, so racists don't bother me. Racists that have authority bother me. Oh, yeah. You show me a racist judge, yeah. you'll scare me to death. Oh, for sure. You show me a racist cop, yeah. it's Halloween, yeah. right? That's yeah. Jason, Freddy Krueger, mm -hmm. Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All put together. And Sabrina the Teenage Witch. They're all showing, that's yeah. everybody showing up at the same time. Right. And now I've peed on myself. Mm -hmm. Right? For sure. Um, yeah. Outside of that though, yeah. I'm, you know, especially as a believer in Jesus Christ, like yeah. the, I'm able to sort that the spirit of division mm -hmm. knows how to create all the isms. Yeah. Right? And so whether yeah. it's feminism, chauvinism, Racism, sexism, classism, mm. all the isms are subcategories of a spirit of division. And mm. I don't play into that narrative or I don't, I don't play into that, yeah. that, um, that mode of thinking as a black man. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, know the, I do know the country we live in yeah. and its origin story. And therefore, I have to pay attention to 
ensure that there aren't narratives that we know are in this culture that people have adopted and want to apply to my life. So I have to be aware of that too. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So you and I have done work on like personal trauma. Uh Uh-huh. Just some of your own personal one-on-one experiences. Yeah. And now we've started more of this conversation about the cultural trauma Mm -hmm. that you experience. Mm -hmm. Um, We've started unpacking just a tiny bit Mm -hmm. secondary trauma Mm -hmm. um, that your mama or daddy carried in. Oh, absolutely correct. And, you know, how they did so much better than what they were given. Absolutely correct. You know, yeah. like, my parents are I, superstars yeah, in that regard. And you love and admire them for that. Yeah. So there's these there's these different ways that your life has been affected yep. by trauma. What what has been helpful around that and what hasn't been helpful to in this process that you found yourself in? Uh, as it relates to like cultural trauma, uh, or kind of like all three of those, even you know, I, that may be too big a question. Mm, yeah, because um, you started more with the personal, right? So what's been helpful there? Um, I think the power of communication mm. is at the epicenter of mm-hmm. all healing yeah. from all trauma. Yeah. Um, my, I was talking with a friend of mine today. Uh, we were talking about moral failures, mm-hmm. and just based on the work that we've done in process group therapy. My conclusion has become that um, uh, I feel like I have empirical data mm-hmm. on the epicenter of all moral failures. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do tell, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a pretty, it's a pretty lofty statement to make yeah. that you've zeroed in on, you've been able to locate the epicenter of all moral failures. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, tell me what it is. I said, uh, the inability to express what they're feeling mm. they want to do. They have no voice. They don't have a voice. Somehow in the process of, of trauma, yeah. people lose their voice. They lose their voice. Yes. So if you don't get to say it, no, you've exactly. exponentially increased the chances that you're going to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. whatever doesn't come up, and, and, I, and I, I word smith this from the work that we do. Yeah. Whatever doesn't come up and out of your mouth through words will come up and out of your body it through sure will. actions. It sure will. Point blank, period. It'll find a voice. That's exactly right. In uh, another way. Yeah, I'm always big on listen. Yeah. Your pain is going to find a voice. That's right. It may be in a chronic backache. That's right. It might be, for, for little kids, oftentimes it's tummy aches. Yeah. Your tummy well, I, I wet the bed. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, we'll find something or it'll be in our behavior. That's right. You know, like um, Hector and I were with a friend of ours yesterday who had been through rehab. Yeah. You know, for him, he just started medicating as soon as he could. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it was the only way. It felt like the only way to manage. That's right. Some of the trauma that he grew up in. You know, so that's why I love these conversations around trauma because, you know, there's, there's big ones. Yep. And there's little ones. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's less, and again, I'm not dismissing the trauma. Right. But it's less about what exactly happened and more about the story we formed around it. That's right. You know? Yeah. And and then 
how we started shutting down yeah. our own personal self. Like I believe that God, when he was knitting little Timmy together, like he put blueprints inside of you mm -hmm. for the amazing man that you are. Thank you. And then we, and then we, <laughs> then we're born. <laughs> right. Right. That part. Uh, yeah. And then, and then we come into the world. Yep. And we just can be faced with a lot of dysfunction and toxicity, whether we, I mean, we don't ask for any of it, but no. it can just be a part of life. That's right. And for some people, that's a lot. Like your, your cultural environment, that's yeah. a lot. For yeah. me to sit here and listen to that, I'm like, oh, Tim. Yeah. That's so much yeah. to be, you know, circling your mind around, okay, what color, where am I at? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it's like, so then we start adapting. Mm-hmm. And again, our adaptations, you're a sweet little boys figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And then we get to be older and it's like, man. Yeah. This is exhausting. Yeah. This is wearisome. Yeah. I'd like to learn how to relax in my own freaking body. Yeah, exactly. I'd like the knots to go away on yeah. my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. I'd like that that little anxious twirl in my belly to stop. Yeah. I like my heart to stop pounding. Yeah. When I'm walking through a park. Yeah. Or I'm perfectly safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. like to not be looking over my shoulder. Yeah. I like to not be jumping in my bathroom when my husband comes in. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm putting on my mascara and I, you know, get yeah, all exactly. over my face. I like for that not to happen anymore. Right, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. And so it does start with finding a safe person mm -hmm. to start unpacking your story mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. It's vitally important. You know, just yeah. somebody who, I, and, you know, I'm really sad. Yeah. We live in a world of fixers. Yeah, we do. It saddens me. Yeah. Like, we aren't yeah. great listeners. No. We aren't great listeners. No, they, everybody's waiting. They're, they're, they're listening long enough for you to stop talking yeah. so they can give you their antidote. There you go. Right? So they can be like, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what you need. Yeah. Right? And it's like... I actually didn't need anything except for you to listen. listen to me. Listen. Yeah. Imagine if we all decided, you know, listening is, when I feel listened to, it's the greatest gift a human can oh, give me. Oh, my goodness. Me. Absolutely correct. Right? Yeah. So that's your advice. Unless I yeah. ask them, like, right. hey, Tim, I right. need your advice. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sometimes I have to say to my hubby, like, hey, babe, I don't need you to fix anything. I do the same thing with you. I just need you to listen. Uh. And you know why I think we have to do that, especially with, why especially our spouses can go to fixing us? Right. Because the stakes, the stakes are higher yeah. with our spouses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, and, and, and we're, we've got this us yeah. brain. Right, right, right. So if, if you're part of our brain and happy. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly, exactly. What does that mean? Exactly. For us. Can I be still happy? I know. Do I need to be sad because you're sad? I know. Yeah, exactly. It's right? true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You know, so the stakes go higher, mm -hmm. and that's why our spouses can be like, well, Tim, if you just, yeah. you know, or Nancy, if you, yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I think so many times the reason why we're not great listeners is because of our own anxiety. Like your story, I mean, I'm not saying your story, but 
for example, like, your story has some similarities to mine, and mm. I yeah. feel uncomfortable with my own. Mm. So mm. I sure as heck ain't gonna listen to yours. You want I'm, me to shut up just because of what it's doing to you? Yeah. Yeah. Not I, because I, I'm not dealing with that stuff. That's right. I, I don't want to talk about it. That's right. And I ain't dealing with it. That's right. We had, we had dinner with friends the other night. Yeah. Like, I ain't talking about that. And yeah. So I get it. Yeah. I get it. And, yeah. And I don't judge that yeah. because I know when I started therapy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wish y'all could have been there with me. You'd be laughing. Um, so the therapist said, tell me your story. And I started telling him. And then at the end, he said, well, like, was there any sexual trauma? I'm like, no, none. Like, mm, yeah. we ain't, no. <laughs> mm, no. <laughs> Do, no, you are not touching that. Wow. And neither am I. Wow. You got that straight? Wow. And it wasn't until six months of building trust and rapport and learning how to just tell the safest place parts of my story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And figure out that he was safe. Because yeah. honestly, when you're used to being around unsafe people, correct, we can think that's normal, and then absolutely. we can keep going to unsafe people. That's what that's a, that's that's then, who I'm most familiar with, right? And yeah. then we go, well, I tried to right. tell somebody my story, but that went really bad. I'm never doing that again, right? So you know, we kind of have to learn. We we maybe have to back it up before we get a voice and yeah. go, what is a safe person? Yeah. Who are my safe people? Yeah. And so your brain can get grounded enough mm -hmm. that you can start finding a voice. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And start getting it up and out. Yeah. And the reason I beat the drum on grief is because, you know, there's a passage you'll probably know where in the number. <laughs> you know me, numbers don't stick in my head. Right. Um, it, and it says, God comforts those who mourn. Yes. So I think the reason we're self-medicating so much, the reason we walk around afraid, is because we aren't doing our grief work. Yeah, it's the truth. Because the Holy Spirit wants to comfort us. He does. But if I have like, I, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Then I'm like putting up the wall. Yeah, absolutely. To comfort. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm putting up a wall to stay protected and mm -hmm. safe. Mm -hmm. But I'm really putting up a wall against the sweetness of God's Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that wants to comfort me. Mm -hmm. That's great. Now I'm not saying we rip down all our walls because there's some wall, there's some places in our lives where we need to have some walls. Absolutely correct. Right. Yeah, for sure. But to open up these portals where mm -hmm. I'm like, I think you are a safe person that I could tell my story to. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll practice the safest part of telling, and see how that goes. Yes, yeah, good. And if that goes well, mm -hmm. then maybe we can do that again. Mm -hmm. And maybe I could tell you a little more. Yeah. And then if that goes well, then maybe we can. That's how. And that's we can exactly just right. let this thing unfold. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And just being accepting of people and not like, dude, you need to get this all up and out. But it's like, hey, when you're ready, I'm gonna be here. That's right. When you're ready for that. That's part, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're ready for that piece of it. Yeah. We'll go there. Yeah, absolutely. Until you're ready, I respect you. That's right. You're your own human. That's right. You have your own autonomy. That's right. You have your own rights. Yes. To talk about what you want to talk about, what you don't want to talk about. That's right. I'm going to invite you. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I'll invite. Mm -hmm. But I respect you. Yeah, it's good. You know? Yeah. 
And, and I just like, imagine if we could all do a little more of that with each other, what our world might be like. Yeah. And if we could have empathy and compassion for the little Timmy, you know, yeah. what our world might yeah. become like, right? That's the world I want to live in. Yeah, me too, Yeah, too. that's what I'm committed to. Me too. Yeah. I'm so glad we've had this conversation. Me too. Hector, I don't know how we're doing on time, buddy, but... We're at an hour and five. If you guys want to do another six, we'll oh, be good. Six okay, hours. good, yeah. good. So, Tim, uh, another six hours. Tim's looking at you like, bro, I thought you meant six minutes. I'm thinking six minutes. Tim's giving you the evil eye. <laughs> Tim's has, like... He has to deal with this all the time. <laughs> He's like, hilarious. Nancy's already worn me out talking about all this stuff. No, this is great. Is I it, love this. How does this feel to talk about, a little, get a little more... Dive a little deeper into the environmental trauma beautiful. for you. It's great. Is that what's it feel like in here? Um, it feels well. First of all, within our relationship, it feels very yeah. natural. Okay. Um, yeah. There's so much relational equity that we yeah. have. There's so much safety, trust. Yeah. Um, uh, within our relationship, so it feels very safe to have the conversation. It feels. Um, um, validating to know that my environmental trauma has wired me a certain way. Um, but then I also feel the challenge of ensuring that little Timmy mm -hmm. has um, uh, more places mm -hmm. to feel safe. I love that. I don't think he has enough places that I've allowed him to be safe. Yeah, and I that love can, that. I think I can reduce his um, hyper-awareness by mm -hmm. letting him know that there's more safer places for you to be than I've given you a tour of. And that it's not just Australia. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. There's some safe places here, too. Oh, I love that, Tim. Yeah. When you were saying that, I kind of like took a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Just feeling that for your little Timmy. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. For him to just like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would be. You know, I think that's, you know, I do a lot of leadership stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The thing I love thinking most about leadership is if I can lead me, then my chances of leading others well yep. go way up. That's right. Right? Yep. So kind of what we've been talking about is it's that piece of self-leadership. Mm -hmm. You're going back and you're getting a piece of yourself. And you're saying, hey, buddy, now I've got like 20, 20 30 years, uh, you know, yeah. of, of learning, of developing, of maturing. I've learned about the world, mm -hmm. of creating a safer environment than the one you grew up in, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't live in the hood anymore. Yep. Yep. I know a lot of people do, yep. right? Yep. But I, I've come a long way, mm -hmm. and I want to give you this new information and bring you along now to join me. That's right. Because you know what I think happens, Tim? When we start connecting with these younger parts of ourselves, mm -hmm. I think we get our creativity back. 
For sure. I oh, think, yeah. man, we get our playfulness back. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we get joy back. Yep. I think we stop being so freaking over-responsible. Yeah. And can just, like, breathe deep and have some fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, I honestly, I just want that for every human. Me too. Me too. I'm man. in for that. Me too. Absolutely. Thank you for this conversation. Oh, thank you. I think I there you. are a lot of brown, black men and women who were raised, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's white folks too. Raised yeah. similar environments that you were. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know it takes a lot of vulnerability to talk about these things. Yeah. I know they're not just simple fun, let's hang out together. Right, absolutely. You know, yeah, it's no. kind of, there's some heaviness to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can be, yeah. And so thank you for your willingness to just be so real with us, so vulnerable with us. And I'm hoping that others listening to this can go, oh, I identify with him. Yeah, me too. I identify my with my friend. Yes, absolutely. And I know him as this guy who can preach the socks off anybody. I know him as this guy who can rap, who can, you know, entertain us and yeah. humor us. Yeah. And, you know, you've got all these brilliant ways about you. Yeah. And, and maybe they know parts of this part of your story. Yeah. But to also see, oh, there's this vulnerable little Timmy. Right. That's still, it's kind of waiting. Yeah. For somebody to come get him. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of times we'll spend our whole lives waiting for some rescuer. Mm. Mm. You know, like this mm. woman's going to rescue me. Yeah, it's very true. She's going to nurture this little Timmy. Right. Or this man is going to save me. Right. And then it doesn't work. That's right. Those <laughs> never work. Those never work. Mm -hmm. And we are left so disappointed and empty. Yeah, true. When maybe end of the day, it's right here. That's right. It's right here. Yeah, absolutely. So I love to turn us all back. Like, yeah. let's all go right. Right yeah, here. That's good. And trust and believe that God only reveals to heal. That's great. And so he's got you. Yeah. You know? Amen. So Thank I you. love you. I love you too. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, so man. This yeah. has been delightful. Thank you. I appreciate okay. you. Hey, thanks everybody for being with us. We love you. Tim and I are delighted and honored that you've hung out with us. So bless y'all. Bye. Bye. I imagine at one time you were this brilliant little child. As we enter into adulthood, what was brilliant in childhood can actually get in the way of you living the life you want to live. Hello friends, I'm Nancy Houston. I want to help you live a better life. all emotional creatures who sometimes think. And so it's so important that we make this journey from our heads into the depths of our hearts. Welcome to The In-Between with Nancy Houston.